0: better, easier, quicker, whatever, Uh, in that way, at least ask me if, you know, how much longer we are going to do this, um, and this type of study, and I, uh, you know, looking at it, of course, I'll follow the Lord in it, but the, um, you know, we have the doctor of the Bible, doctor of God, doctor of the, uh, Jesus Christ, and then, Doctrine of the Holy Spirit was next. And then after that is doctrine of man, which, and then the doctrine of sin. So there's all kinds. We may pause after, you know, at, in, into some of this and pick it back up as the Lord leads. Uh, um, man, uh, one of the things that uh, when we was in the Bibliology, um, you know, we see that, uh, you know, the Bible was written, uh, it was written at the hands of men. But as we pointed out, the Bible, man would never say what, what the Bible says about man of his own accord. Um, because we want to prop ourselves up and so on and so forth. And, um, but then there's also in this, <clears throat> I wanted to say there's a doctrine of angels, and I'm not t- too really, and there's a doctrine of the church here. That's a really good thing. A doctrine of last things. Uh I thought that the but angels and I think in the angel part it does call uh but I, I know some some men that have gotten yeah, so the angels and then Satan and they get so tangled up in the demons. Uh, they get so tangled up in demonology that uh uh you know the focus is uh, gets off of the things of God, and it almost is uh thank you sir the uh I don't want to do that one one uh Dr. Harold Seidler there in Greenville south carolina uh, it was told that um, I think I might have even heard him tell it there in the um, on one of his broadcasts that there was a young a young preacher. It's kind of been a, I don't know, some kind of a preacher's fellowship, preacher's meeting. And the preacher got up and, I won't say bragged, but just told that there at their church, you know, that, uh, that he's going to do, gonna do uh, a sermon a week for 365 or for 52 weeks, 300, you know, for the year, 52 weeks, 52 sermons on the home. And the focus every, you know, every Sunday was going to be a sermon on the home for the next 52 Sundays. And then, and then Dr. Seidler said, he goes, he said, I wouldn't want to get away from the cross that long. <laughs> and I thought, that's wisdom. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times people get tangled up. I know a preacher before salvation, <clears throat> he was in a little band. It is some local local gigs, if you want to put it that way, some local concerts. But, you know, it's a seventies rock, rock type band. You know, gets an old guitar and got into the breaking the guitar on the stage in the middle of the of the music and all that stuff. God saved him out of that. And then God called him to preach, and somewhere along the way he got into doing these seminars, uh, if I say seminars, or doing these messages, and semin- I guess seminars, on some of that on rock and roll, and then, you know, and that's, that was his focus and his study and bringing out all the, the wrongs or the, the evils of rock and roll that it took away from what we, <laughs> the positive side of things christ and the gospel and the gospel message and then really uh it adversely affected his spirit you know spiritually because again his focus was on the things of satan instead of the things of god and so uh he he put that aside and and learned from that and i learned from him <laughs> I learned from his mistakes <clears throat> and i try to try to kind of keep keep some of these things in my mind As we go through. All right, we're looking at the the deity of Jesus Christ. Uh, We mentioned his uh, the names last time. uh, That uh, Well, last time, yeah, the deity of Christ. Did we go through the names? No, we didn't go through the names. We went through the... uh, He made reference of his father's superior... uh, To the father's superior greatness... Uh, Christ was begotten of the Father. He was dependent upon the Father. Christ was sent by the Father. He was under the Father's authority. They're talking about the humanity of Christ. Um, and then, yeah, and then this is under the deity of Christ, right? Christ was under the Father's authority. He received delegated authority from the Father. He received his message from the Father. Christ's kingdom was appointed by the Father. He will ultimately deliver his kingdom up to the Father and Christ. Is and shall be subject to the Father, and that's where we left off last time. So now we're looking at the deity. We looked at his, his, his humanity. My tongue working right tonight. <clears throat> his humanity. And we're looking at the deity of Christ is shown by the divine names given to him <clears throat> in the Scripture. The divine names. All right, Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews one. <clears throat> His divine names or the divine names given to him. I mentioned last week, and we will see that again in our study tonight, that each time people worship him, he did not turn their worship away. (laughs) And uh, Hebrews 1 and verse number 8. But unto the Son he saith, thy throne, here it is, O God is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So he is the son, and we mentioned one of the names in his humanity was the son of man. We'll see the son of God in a moment. But here it mentions him as God. But unto the son he saith, thy throne, O God. And John chapter 20 Verse number 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him... Let's back up. Verse number 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. That's why old Doc Thomas gets his nickname, Doubting Thomas. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, and the doors being uh, the, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, "Peace be unto you." Then saith he to Thomas, <laughs> he just went straight to the source. I can say I can just picture this. <laughs> then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold thy my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. That'll preach right there a while. God help us. As Brother Glenn was me talking about prayer and burden for prayer there before our prayer time as he was it, it, my heart heart's bell if you want to got rung again not necessarily for prayer but prayers involved in it was the faith in prayer you know lots of times we just go through the motions but we go through the motions but when we go through and we call out unto God is our faith behind our prayer where it's supposed to be <laughs> You know, are we, do we, when we bow down, do we have faith that he's hearing us like the scripture says? Do we have faith not only is he hearing us, but do we have faith that he's going to answer what we're praying for? Or are we like Thomas? Lord, help me. Be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. So we see here the name of God given to him. John chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 18. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he Hath declared him. And then, let's see. Huh? Right. And the Word was God. Right. And I don't know if that's in my thing. Right. But we have in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, let's do uh, John 5. We're in the book of John here. John 5. Verse 20, for the father loveth the son and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. All right, let's just go around. The term here is used in the absolute sense referring to deity. Some have argued that the term is also used referring to human judges, and it references John ten thirty four through 36, but this is only a secondary use of the term. So, when he uses the term God, it is specifically uh, in, this, uh, in the absolute sense as to deity. So, uh, so he says God. God J- Jesus is God. The Son is God. Now, the Son of God, Matthew chapter 16. So, we're looking at the names, we're looking at his deity. Matthew 16, verse 16 through 17. And Simon Peter answered and saith, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. All right, Matthew 27. And verse 40, Matthew twenty-seven 40. Uh, let's back up here verse 37 and set over him his head set up over his head his accusation written this is Jesus the king of the Jews then there were two thieves crucified with him one on the right hand and the other and another on the left and they that passed by reviled him wagging their heads and saying thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in 3 days save thyself If thou thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. So the term Son of God given to him in these passages. Several more. Uh, Let's see here. Mark 14. We won't go through all of them necessarily. Mark 14, 61 and 62. Let's back up here. Verse number 60, And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven and the high priest wearing his clothes. I love it. And this is one of the I am's of the New Testament. Again, and we, I think we see that actually in part of these scriptures here. Um, the I am's. And you're talking about study. and It can be a whole message. <laughs> but... You know, he he just declares, I am. Just like when Moses asked at the burning bush, who do I tell the children of Israel that sent me? <laughs> and he said, I am that I am. Amen. And so we see Jesus declaring himself the same I am here in the New Testament because he's the same person in the Old Testament. And uh, and he, I am the door, I am the bread of life, I am the good shepherd, so... All those I am's are really rich study in the word of God. But So he declares himself as the son of God. Again, we will not go through all these here. This name is used of Christ 40 times in the scriptures. Besides this, there are frequent references to, quote, his son and my son. Uh, Jesus did not claim this title for himself, but accepted it when used of him or when he was so addressed by others. So the Son of God. He didn't use it for himself, but he didn't deny. First, the first, first and the last, and the Alpha and Omega. Revelation chapter one. These are the names that declare his deity. Revelation one, verse seventeen. That's back up. John, verse number 12, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man. There's that Son of Man title again. Clothed with a garment down to to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet likened to fine brass, as, they, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. <coughs> All right, 22, Verse number twelve, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last all right, and it says compare these scriptures to Isaiah chapter forty one <clears throat> Isaiah 41 and verse number 4. Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first, and with the last, I am He. So, the Old Testament, Lord, declaring He was the first and the last, and in Christ, saying He's the first and the last, and the Alpha. And the e Omega, which is the first and the last letter of the Greek alphabet all right so Dr. Pearson tells us that this title desc- that this title described Christ as a subject matter of all scripture, the creator of all worlds and creatures, the controller of all history, and the eternal unchangeable Jehovah all right, so the names we've the deity of Jesus Christ is shown in his names. First is God, the Son of God, the first and last, the Alpha and Omega. Next is the Holy One, Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, the Holy One. Acts 3 and verse number 14. Bible turn right here, all right three fourteen, but you denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the prince of life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses, so denied the Holy One and the just he says, so there 's another so um Hosea, chapter 11. In your Schofield Bibles, page 927. (laughs) Hosea, chapter 11, and verse number 9. I will not execute the fierceness of mine anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in the midst of thee, and I will not enter into the city. Now, the reason he, you know, the reason Mr. Bancroft points out the New Testament and the Old Testament titles is to show you that the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. And so when Jesus Christ, we see the deity uh, of Christ uh, in the New Testament based on the same names uh, for God in the Old Testament. And then the Lord in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9 and verse number 17. And Ananias went his way... And entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Lord, even Jesus. So there's no doubt as to who he's talking about when he talks about the Lord. And where was the Lord when, when Brother Saul seen him? <laughs> he was in heaven, all right? So calling, calling down from heaven. So Acts chapter 16, bless you, 16, and verse number 31. Acts 16, 31, let's back 30. And brought them out, back up. Let's see here. All right, verse 29. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And then Acts 4. We will go ahead and do all these. Let's see. Well, we're here in Acts. Acts 4. There's one in Luke. Acts four thirty three. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And then Luke chapter 2. Verse 11, Luke two, eleven. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. All right. So this title means master. It is the Jehovah name. Wood tells us that the, quote, uh, I guess, uh, Ptolemies and Roman emperors would allow this name to be applied to them only when they permitted themselves to be deified. The archaeological discoveries at um, Oxyrhynchus put this fact beyond a doubt. So when the New Testament writers speak of Jesus as Lord, there can be no question as to what they mean. So there were the Caesars that... Would deify themselves, that would present themselves as a God. And whenever they did, they used this same title as Lord. Uh, So, but uh, as, you know, as in deity. And so, as they would deify themselves, a false God, by the way, and use that same term, then in our scriptures, when the term was um, used, then uh, to our Lord, it is definitely referring to him as deity. All right, Lord of all and Lord of glory. Lord of all and Lord of glory. In in Acts chapter 10. And again, I just want to, as we're turning, want to reiterate. As you read, (laughs) you know, lots of times, uh, who was it? Somebody was talking about reading the Bible lately. Anyway, as we read, we can, and I have, fallen into the rut, the ditch of reading just to get some reading done. You know, okay, you know, it's if you read through Proverbs, we know some people do that and you know, have their daily proverb because there's 31 Proverbs. And they'll just go by the day of the month. Today's the 1st of June. So read Proverbs 1. And you just do that through the month. And then next month you do the same. So you read through the Proverbs every month. I know people that do that. But then they get into this rut, right, well, it's, it's June the 1st. i got to read my proverb. <laughs> and you just read the proverb to be reading the proverb and you don't take the time to. Let the words pop off the page to you. And, you know, and then so in, in when we look at, at the New Testament, and we, we see Christ introduced in the New Testament as the Son of Man, but then we see him as the Son of God. So when we see these terms, so as we take this study that we're seeing this, then in your, in your passages of Scripture and your reading then when it says Son of Man, oh, that speaks of the deity, I mean the humanity of Christ. When we see Son of God, oh, that speaks of the you know the, of the deity of Christ. So let, let, that, let, let that pop off the page to you in these names for Christ so that you see him as 100% God and 100% man based on the titles that the Scripture has given to you. That's where this this whole study comes into play. You know, don't, you know, so the Lord, Jesus Christ. So we see Jesus Christ, but pay attention to the Lord part. You know what I'm saying? Uh, The Son of God, the Son of Man. So pay attention to that. Uh, And lots of times the different writers of the Gospels present him differently. And so so just let let these, these titles don't just read over them. Don't just let them go by you. Pay attention in your reading as to these titles for Christ. First Corinthians, we haven't read that one. Uh, no, yeah. Oh, Acts 10, 36. Okay, we didn't read it. Um, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, and in the parenthetical statement, he is Lord of all that word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So, again, the Lord of all and the Lord of glory. So, He is Lord. Of all, First Corinthians two. We will see the Lord of Glory. First Corinthians two and verse number eight. No, let's back up. Verse number seven. Nope, let's back up. <laughs> How be it? Verse number six. How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He is, amen. Amen. All right, so it's got kind of some sea furthers. But these two titles respectively set forth Christ in his divine sovereignty and in his divine majesty. So the Lord of all his divine sovereignty and the Lord of glory his divine majesty. And then there's a doctrinal statement that I have failed. I went through and highlighted all the doctrinal statements. Here's the doctrinal, doctrinal statement for all those names given to him. So names and titles clearly implying deity, are used of Jesus Christ, his Godhead being thus as firmly established as that of God the Father, all right based on these names given to him here uh, and uh, that deifies him all right so here's and we'll we'll this is just this is kind of short here this section here, and this is kind of what I've alluded to already, so we see him in his deity one by the names given to him in the scriptures, and then in his deity by the divine worship, which is which is ascribed. There we go, ascribed to him. <clears throat> worship such as Christ received was ordinarily given only to deity. Christ, therefore, in receiving such worship, made a practical acknowledge, acknowledgement or claim of deity. When our translation was made, the term worship was used in two senses. In the lower sense of the word, it meant civil respect and deference, as in Luke 14, 10. Then, then, shalt, thou have, then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. The term in this sense is now obsolete, but it is used in its highest scriptural sense to denote adoration paid to God because he is God. The Scriptures recognize worship as being due to deity alone. In Matthew chapter number 4, Matthew 4. Matthew 4, verse 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. God is the only one that is worthy of worship. And the scriptures bear that out. And so uh, Acts chapter 10. We get a couple of these. Acts 10, 25 and 26. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. What? But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also, or also am a man. See, Peter refused to be worshiped because worship only goes to God. And then we see the same type of deal here in Revelation 22. Revelation 22, verses 8 and 9. And I, John, saw these things and heard them, and when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of an angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou, do it not. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. And then there's a colon there. He tells him who he ought to be worshiping, worship God. Amen. Don't worship me. I' look, I'm one of the prophets <laughs> in a glorified body. Woo and, I mean and, and I don't know. and for John for John to, to see such a being and think that he ought to worship him, <laughs> and then Peter the same way he says, "Nope, nope, nope, worship God. That's right. That's good. (laughs) i remember that one. That's right. That's right. That's right. The homage therefore given to Christ in the New Testament Scriptures would be nothing short of sacrilegious idolatry if Christ were not God. Instances are cited in the Scriptures of those who encouraged and accepted worship due only to God and of the swift and awful punishment which was meted out to them. Herod, in Acts chapter 12, so turn there, Acts 12, verses 20 through 25. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon, but they came with one accord to him, and having made... Blastus, the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a god and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. Because he gave not the glory, God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Can you imagine? Woo. All right. That's what happens when they receive worship that's due unto his name. Nebuchadnezzar is another example in Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4: 29 through 33. Verse number 28. All this came upon the king of ne- the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the twelve months he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon, the king spake and said, "Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power?" And for the honor of my majesty. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee and they shall drive thee from men and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as auction and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know." that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers and his nails like birds' claws." I was just, yeah, I'll always go on. At verse number 34. At the end of these days, (coughs) I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes into heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that, turn the page, that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time, my reason returned unto me. This was after he looked up to heaven and gave him due worship and honor. At the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, And I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, (laughs) praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth, and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. That's exactly right. All right, instances are also given of those who refused with abhorrence to accept worship which did not belong to them. Peter and then in Acts ten and then the angels and uh Jesus Christ unhesitantly unhesit hesitatingly there we go. Jesus Christ unhesitatingly accepted worship and seemed to invite it. We're almost done. John chapter thirteen. So these others refused it. Those like Peter and the angel, and then those that did take upon the worship, Herod, got killed, and Nebuchadnezzar got driven out like he did. John 13, verse 13, back up, 12. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord... And ye say, well, for so I am, <laughs> all right, so he's accepting it, and then uh let's see here uh okay, Matthew John four, and verse ten. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And while we're here in John, John chapter 20, verses 27 through 29. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it to my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord, my God. So he declared unto him then, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed, blessed are they that have not seen me, yet have believed. So he he accepted the titles, my Lord and my God, from Thomas, and in a a sense, uh, a a way of worship. Uh, Luke chapter 5, we'll grab these two in Luke. Luke 5, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And then Luke 24. 52. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and we're continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. There seems to be not the slightest reluctance on the part of Christ in the acceptance of worship. Therefore, either Christ was God or he was an impostor. But his whole life refutes the idea of imposture. It is God's revealed will that Christ should be worshipped. In Hebrews 1, 6, And again he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. I'll just go ahead and get ahead there. And then uh, Philippians chapter 2. Let's go ahead and grab that one. Philippians 2, verse 10. Uh, Let's back up. Verse number 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things in earth and of things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All right, so let's see. So again, it is God's revealed will that Christ should be worshipped. I've got several others here, but we'll just grab this last one. And then finally, it was the practice of the early church to address prayer and worship to Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And let's read, this is verse number 2, let's read 1 and 2. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sothenes, our brother, unto the Church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are, call, that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from our God, from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So again that every place, that in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. So again, it was the practice of the early church to address prayer and worship to Christ. We could go to John 14, which I often refer to in prayer. Verse number 13, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, Jesus Christ talking, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. So Christ is telling them, hey, pray to God in my name. Right. Amen. All right, so here's the doctrinal statement. Jesus Christ, in harmony with the revealed will of God, accepted without hesitation the worship which belongs only to deity, which good men and angels declined with horror. and <laughs> We'll stop there. And the next time, by the divine offices which the scriptures assign to Jesus. All right, so we have his names, and then the fact that he did not refuse worship, and, uh, and then now is the offices that are given to him. Priest, and you know we're kind of going in that direction. All right. So pray for Sunday. I think I was re- reminded what the Lord wants me to preach along the lines of uh, for this Sunday morning. <laughs> while I was while I was praying, uh, He nudged me last Sunday night, and then I'd forgotten, and He nudged me again. So.